Hello everybody, this is Emma and Katie here and we are here with yet another episode of the Future of Remote Employment. So, um, Katie, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Of course. Um, let's uh, get to know you a bit more, share a bit of your background and your experience so far. Sure, happy to do that. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me on, first of all. So a little bit about me. I grew up in a small town in North Carolina. I ended up staying in North Carolina to go to college. So I went to Duke and I majored in, well, I studied Russian and computer science there. From there, I went to graduate school for a year in digital forensics and ended up really not thinking that it was my life path. So I moved out to California, joined a company, ended up working at a startup a little bit later. So I worked at Servata, which is a YC-backed company. I was employee number eight there, uh, their first operational hire. So I got my first taste of true operations then, and I liked it a lot and stayed for a while and ended up as their head of operations when I left. Um, Recently, to move to New York and join earlier stage again. So now I'm employee pretty early on at Card. Uh, We're a team of for right now and I run operations here as well so any experience with remote employment either as an employee or an employer or having employed anybody remotely great question so I have not worked in an entirely remote capacity myself I have always had jobs though that have given me a lot of flexibility to work from where I needed so operations is kind of an always-on job Um, I've had to do a lot of work in weird places just to make sure that things are running smoothly. But uh, my experience with remote employment, however, I have at Servada, I had a remote team maybe a year and a half into my um, stint there. We decided to offshore some operations that we were doing. So first it started with data cleaning. And funnily enough, my first hire was also named Katie. So a lot of people gave me a very hard time for just hiring an army of offshore Katie's. Um, (laughs) Only one was named Katie though, (laughs) to be fair. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but then that went through some iterations. So thinking about how we wanted to use that remote team, who we wanted to pick, um, how that position changed over time. So we went through um, some uh, rotating versions of that remote team while I was there. Uh, so the reason I haven't ever wanted to do remote employment myself is just because I, I find it easier to work in the office for a couple of different reasons. One is a mindset thing. So it's easier for me to drop into my flow state mindset when I'm physically in the office. So sometimes mm-hmm. if I need to get work done on the weekends, I'll still go into the office just because I like to be there and it's nice to have my monitor. Um, it's also easier to make sure that the machine is running. So I think that a lot of operations is about figuring out a process for something and then being able to step back, observe that process, and then watch what breaks. So for a you, of, about compartmentalizing ahead. your work and your home life? Yeah, a little bit. Just because I am a perfectionist in most ways, and so when I'm home, I can see oh, my wall needs to get painted. Oh, I need to do laundry. (laughs) And then it's a little bit harder for me to focus. Um, Yeah, so part of it is the compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. Um, And then part of it is watching and learning, and that helps me do my job better. 
So it's easy to see in person when something's going wrong. If I can see that one of my reports is looking a little bit stressed or there's a fire going on with a bug and it's easier for me to interface directly with the engineering team right there. Um, so that's been my experience so far only because I've worked in companies where it's not a remote culture yet. Um, I think that it's certain aspects of each company have, have had more of the remote, but um, the, the remote team that I was able to hire, however, was really instrumental for the things that I had decided were working and just needed some brute force behind them. Uh, it, was, it was really helpful to have the remote team for those. Right, so um, as a preference, for yourself, you would prefer an on-site job, whereas you wouldn't mind having an on-site versus um, a remote team to work with. For that, you are you're probably indifferent. <laughs> I think for my life phase right now, I like being on site because it's helpful for me. It's it's the thing that I get up and go to in the morning. It's my main source of interactions with other people. I certainly think that there could be a phase in which later in my life that's not the case. So I will caveat that by saying I enjoy the flexibility that I have right now to be able to work remotely when I need to. So even at CARD right now, we work remotely on Fridays. It's actually really amazing to have one day a week when I'm able to sit and do laundry while I'm also working. Um, right now I'm taking this call from my living room. It's really nice to be able to spread out, to pace if I need to, anything that I might not be able to do at home. But I also love going into work the other four days a week. <laughs> right, best of both worlds then. Yes, exactly. Um, wh where do you think the future of remote employment is going in? Which direction? Is there going to be any pivot, any paradigm shift in your um, experience or you know, your insights about it? Sure. So I'm seeing a big push right now for people to optimize their lives. I think that there's a lot of questioning around why would I want to spend two hours commuting both ways every single day when I could be spending that time better somewhere else? And remote employment really fits nicely with that. So yeah, there's a much more efficient way to use those four hours of time when you're sitting on a train or driving in your car and otherwise unable to really do what you might want to be doing. People find ways to make their commutes useful, but it's still not probably what they would prefer if they just got four hours to choose for themselves. So I think that there are a lot more employees and employers who are offering flexibility in the workspace. Um, just because it's, if you have children or you have other responsibilities, it's very rare that someone only works all the time. And still, even if they only work, why would they want to spend so many hours doing something that is not particularly beneficial to them? So I think that there is a significant amount of pressure being put to increase remote employment and options there. Um, we spend a lot of time at work, so it's important that we have work that aligns with our personal values and with that our ideal lifestyles. The part of remote employment that I think could use some work and what I think will be changing over time is how we approach the community aspect of it. So when I had mentioned that remote working I feel like it sometimes can isolate me when I know that I'm going to be sitting alone in front of my computer. Even if I were also sitting alone in front of my computer at work, it's nice mm -hmm. to have other people doing it with me. And <laughs> it's nice to have banter around what crazy weather we're having or something funny that happens in the office. 
I think that it's hard to get that same community with the remote aspect, but I certainly think that there's ways that it can happen. So chatting on Slack isn't necessarily the same as having a phone call. Phone calls are certainly not quite the same as having the in-person meetings, but thinking around the culture of having those meetings, making the time to do the phone call, making the time to onboard employees and truly get to know them if they're gonna work remotely, I think that can be a significant part of improving the experience for everyone and making sure that everyone still feels included even if they're not on site. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more that can be done there. <laughs> I guess um, sometimes for people who prefer an on-site job would want, again, like you said, the flexibility of doing both. And um, out of the five days um, that people work, half of them can be spent working remotely and half of them spent with, you know, colleagues and sharing the same sort of cultural values within an organization, perhaps. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say one company that I've seen do that well is ThreadUp. So they have what they call maker days. It's mm -hmm. um, one or two days a week that they let people go home and work on whatever they're trying to work on and, and like focus on what they need to. I think that's a, an interesting model. Hmm. So um, speaking of interesting models, um, tell us more about Card. What is it all about? And as... Um, a person in the operations, what is the day-to-day -day, um, workings of this company? Good question. So Ben McKinnon, our CEO, started CARD, <coughs> excuse me, when he was seeing that there wasn't a great way to aggregate credit card rewards. So if he had a bunch of different credit cards, it was hard to keep track of which particular card was running a reward at any one time. Mm -hmm. As he got into the space more, he realized that financial institutions were spending a lot on rewards. So the 2% cash back that you're getting is coming straight out of the bank's pocket. And as these banks um, compete for more people and offer better rewards, they're spending more and more on these particular rewards. So he thought of one efficiency, and it was using merchant-funded offers. So a company like Macy's was willing to give an 8% back discount. And if you pair those with credit card rewards, it's a much more efficient way to fund these rewards and get people shopping and um, get people cash back that they want. So um, the operations of that is really just figuring out the best way to get all the merchants on board in line and have a significant number of offers for us to present to the banks. And then thinking around the data which shows which offers are doing particularly well. So um, the card, the, the, the clients are the banks here. Yes, they are. But we're also partnering with the merchants themselves, so brands in the space that are doing retail, if, restaurants. Sorry. Right. So what of um, the end consumer? Where, um, how come, are they the clients in any way or are they the clients of just the banks and the merchants? And, you know, mm -hmm. card is another vendor for either the merchants and the banks so the end consumer are the ones that are holding the the cards um, from the banks so they're seeing our rewards come through our offers come through in their bank environment already 
So they're not having to learn a separate reward system. They're, it's the familiar system that they already know and are already using. And from there that they can just link our offers. Right, so I, I guess it's a win-win situation for just about everybody <laughs> in this. That's what we think. Right, so um, where do you want to take card in the future and how many banks have you already linked up with? How many merchants are already on board? How, how many states are you offering this particular um, service to? Mm-hmm. Good question. So credit card rewards in general need a lot of work. In my mind, there's no front runner in the space that's gotten it right. So I think when I've heard my friends discuss credit card rewards in general, it's always about X percent cash back. And that is pretty much maybe there's a couple of different travel rewards or points back, something like that. But technology is never a factor. A lot of these reward sites are fairly archaic because up until now, the banks haven't been super incentivized to want to show off their reward sites because they're going to have to pay more for every single person who activates a particular reward. So pairing the merchant funded rewards is a more efficient way uh, to do that. And I think card fits nicely into that. So there is a huge opening for a fresh perspective on card linked offers. I think that there's also a lack of millennial and Gen Z brands that are available in these platforms. So card is an easy way for these newer brands to get their names out to the millions of people within credit card rewards because people are logging into their bank and they're already thinking about their money and they're able to activate these offers straight from that portal. I'm already pretty passionate about startups. So it's been fun to help for me to help these newer brands get their name out there. Um, there's a lot more work to do, but it's very exciting. We have some good partnerships lined up and some merchants that we're super excited to share. <laughs> wow. That's nice. And I think um, the more and more merchants come on um, board, um, again, the end consumer is the one who just really reaps the benefits the most, I would say. And as a consumer, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> good. It's good to hear. <laughs> so um, how do you think places like Gaper um, that provide for platforms um, where, you know, remote employment is kind of the forerunner Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, tech companies or any company that needs their technology done and done right and done on a certain budget uh, without compromise to quality. How do you think Gaper and uh, places like Card can synergize their um, strengths and move forward? Yes. So I think that right now there is a lot of fear around hiring remotely. So when you hire remotely, you're not able to onboard in the same way that you might on site. You're not able to look over the employee's shoulder in the same way. It doesn't, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a different process and people aren't used to it. And there's a lot of fear that someone will look great on paper and they'll do a couple of phone calls with them. And it's, it's hard to know if they're ever the right employee. All hiring is risky, but I think that people are labeling remote employment as riskier. So I like that Gaper is taking a lot of time to vet every single employee and make sure that the candidate is solid. They're taking on a lot of the risk uh, so that the person doing hiring is not having to take on as much risk mm-hmm. and taking away that fear opens up companies a lot more to be able to do the remote hiring. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a good step in the right direction. Right. So thank you so much for your time, Harper. And uh, we would love to get back to you with a different podcast and different topic because I think Card is doing something that just, um, I guess, again, like the word I used, you know, synergizing between 
banks and merchants to come together and bring the reward system forward. Yeah, I would be certainly open to talking more about it. It's what I think all day about, so I'm always happy to share my thoughts. <laughs> Perfect. And you can always come back and let us know something that you would wish to share with the rest of the audience with us. Okay, that's all perfect. Right. Perfect. Thank you. Have a nice day, Harper. You too. Bye.